Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room podcast. As you will have heard from last week's episode, this month we're talking all things workplace discrimination. How to manage it in the workplace, how to build cultures, policies and procedures to prevent discrimination from happening and delving into just how big an issue it is in Irish workplaces today. So to talk about this topic today, giving us a full discussion on the ins and outs of workplace discrimination, we're delighted to be joined by our very own Liam Burton, Senior HR Consultant here at Inside HR. How are you, Liam? Very good, Owen. How are you? It's all good. Um, look, so let's let's jump right in, Liam, because there's a lot to, lot to get through, I suppose. And although we've spoken about the cases last week, and we'll go on to look at some specific grounds and groups over the course of the month um, today, I suppose I'd love to give some practical advice and kind of a general clear overview for HR teams when it comes to workplace discrimination. So there might be a little bit of repetition from previous episodes, but look, it'll be all in all in one bunch here, full of advice. Um, so I suppose firstly, and again, something we spoke about last week, which is a little bit of a refresher to set the context. Um, what's the law surrounding workplace discrimination, Liam? What's the nine grounds? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the law has been around since the, the late 90s. I mean, essentially the main body of, of legislation known as the Employment Equality Acts. 1998 to 2015 and that's a very comprehensive set of employment legislation which outlaw uh, discrimination in a wide range of employment related areas. Um, The the specific grounds, there's nine grounds which are gender, civil status, family status, sexual orientation, religion, age, disability, race and and membership of the, the Trabador community. And, you know, I suppose, again, which we always highlight on, on our podcasts and webinars on is I'd highlight the broad nature of, I suppose, the definitions and the parameters. And very often my advice to clients is if, for instance, somebody is saying they have, have a disability, very often the employer is almost better presuming that they do actually have a disability and operating on that basis because um, the definition particularly in relation to disability, but also in relation to many of the other grounds, are quite broad. So I think sometimes employers and perhaps even people, members of the public, get quite confused in terms of, well, I didn't think that someone you know, of a certain age could bring forward an age-related claim. I didn't think this would be considered a disability under the Employment Technology Act. But the definitions are quite broad and the parameters are quite broad. So I, I would certainly encourage employers to take care in that in that area. 100%. And I suppose when it comes to those broad kind of grounds and parameters and stuff, Liam, I suppose the question then is what counts as workplace discrimination? There's indirect, direct, all that kind of stuff as well, Liam, isn't there? Yeah, th- th- there is. And again, Owen, I mean, discrimination, I suppose, um, it throws up many sort of different connotations and many, m- many ideas. I mean, Essentially, again, it's a very broad definition where it's defined as less favourable treatment. And I suppose 
essentially the, the legislation was say, set out that an employee is said to be discriminated against if they're treated less favorably than another employee is treated, has been treated, or would be treated in a comparable situation on any of the nine grounds. So um, I suppose that one of the cases we, we've spoken with uh, previously with, with Adrian Toomey would have been in, in relation to the non-renewal of a fixed-term contract on the grounds of, of gender and specifically pregnancy. And I think in that case, there were a number of questions posed to the employee which she wasn't in a position to answer because she was pregnant and therefore on maternity leave. So I think that gives a kind of example in terms of the, the broadness and the comprehensive nature in terms of, of discrimination. You're absolutely right. It can be direct or it can be indirect. I suppose in relation to direct discrimination, a direct comparison must be made. So for instance, in the case of disability discrimination, the comparison must be between a person who has a disability and another person who hasn't. Indirect discrimination, I suppose, is where practices or, or policies do not appear to discriminate against one group or another, but actually have a disproportionate impact. And again, I suppose one case that springs to mind their own is, is probably members of the, the traveling community, um, where there's, I suppose, a history of uh, and a culture that uh, particular members of the traveler community don't um, stay in the secondary school system as long as people from... Uh, the comparators from, from, I suppose, what you might call the settled community. Um, and again, I think as employers, we need to be very, very careful and very vigilant uh, that our policies and procedures are updated and maintained and also that our training systems um, are updated so that there's nothing within our recruitment and selection commission, recruitment and selection commission, recruitment and selection procedures, which could cause either direct or indirect discrimination to take place. Mm -hmm. I suppose it's actually perfect segue on to my next question, and I know we're kind of getting deeper and deeper into it, Liam. Where does discrimination apply? And I suppose what I mean by that is, as you said there, recruitment, but is it promotions, pay, dismissal, all those kind of things as well? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's everything on. I mean, I, 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 again, I think the point you make is a very, very good one that, you, you know, we think of, I didn't get that job because, you know, um, I'm male or I'm Roman Catholic, or I didn't get that job uh, because I'm 55 or I didn't get that job because I'm, I'm a member of the, the traveling community. But it's much wider than that. I mean, it, it certainly includes, and I suppose the majority or possibly the majority of cases would be around people not getting access to certain jobs or not being recruited for certain jobs. But it applies um, as well to promotion, equal pay, working conditions, and that can be overtime, um, training and experience, dismissal, and, and harassment, including sexual harassment. So again, I suppose the the definition is, is, is quite broad. And again, the Workplace Relations Commission would typically um, be open to hearing a case where someone is bringing forward, you, you know, I haven't had the same promotional opportunities as somebody uh, as a comparator, um, or I, I haven't had the same promotional opportunities because... I come from a particular ethnic background or, or whatever it may be. So I do think, again, looking at your policies and procedures, looking at your performance management system, looking at your training and development systems within your own organization is helpful in terms of trying to prevent discrimination at play. 100%. Look, I suppose, again, we mentioned we talked about a couple of cases last week, um, or one case, sorry, with Adrian Toomey last week. We see cases appearing in 
the headlines, WRC, all that kind of stuff on almost a weekly basis, which is kind of sad to see again with unfair dismissal, maternity leave, discrimination, all that kind of stuff. I know Matrix Recruitment recently did their workplace equality survey. It's an annual survey, and they found that 71% of workers have experienced some form of discrimination in their place of employment. Um, that survey was done on, I think, almost 3,000 people. So it's, it's one of those big pieces of work that really, I suppose the, the findings of it can be can be quite shocking. Um, so I suppose, Liam, again, I think it's clear from that, it is quite a prevalent and live issue, Liam. I know, obviously, the law has been around a long, long time, and even as we mentioned with Adrian last week, even longer than we think when it came to those those kind of gender gender based laws way back when. Um, so it is it's still a really live issue, Liam, isn't it for for a lot of Irish workplaces? It is on, unfortunately. Um, I think you're right. I mean, the legislation, I suppose, the legislation is there to protect employees, um, to you know set out the, I suppose the society's view in relation to these matters. Um, I think, unfortunately, Owen, many employers are at the, the mercy of their line managers or their individual employees. So, you know, you can have the best policies and procedures in the world, but if you have a warehouse manager who has a particular uh, vendetta against a certain cohort of people within society, that's going to be problematic. So, you know, in, in the examples, we've many examples where inappropriate questions are put at interview. Um, we've many examples where somebody is, is given an interview pack with competencies and the right questions to be asked and interview skills training. And they go off topic. I, I think famously a couple of years ago, there was a junior minister who may have gone off topic and asked a particular question, which led to a, a, an equality related, related claim. So um, there are many, many cases um, appearing in the national media, um, particularly, I think, around the whole area of gender, um, pregnancy-related claims. Um, ageism is rife, I think, Owen, if we're, if, if we're honest, and we're seeing more and more of those. Um, and, and there are many disability-related re- claims. So, um, yes, there are many cases appearing, I think, for... for a lot of the cases that are appearing, there's probably another eight or nine that are not appearing because people weren't aware of their rights or um, they decided not to litigate or whatever it may be. So I, I think it's interesting the, the survey you highlight where 71% of, of, of workers claim to have experienced discrimination at work. Unfortunately, Owen, that's not, um, that's not an isolated or outlier in terms of the, the research findings in these areas. I think of another... A survey that was done, I think, at third level in terms of the sort of sexual harassment and um, inappropriate comments and inappropriate behaviours which people experienced at third level, uh, where you say our, our, our brightest young uh, graduates are, are going to college, um, which was quite shocking. So uh, I do think what happens in the workplace reflects society. And, you know, we do have quite a bit to travel in terms of how some people pretend, uh, present attitudes uh, at work. And, and that, that can be around what we, we will certainly see on our travels, casual racism at work. Uh, we do see that. Uh, w- we do experience it. We do advise clients on it. And that's where you have individual employees who see nothing particularly wrong with casual ra- racism. Um, 
So it's difficult for managers to deal with an individual who actually, you know, I, I'm not necessarily don't see, really see what I'm doing wrong, um, you know, denigrating somebody on the basis of the color of their skin. Um, so I do think we have quite a bit of road mm-hmm. to travel as a society. I think we're getting better, but we certainly still have a way to go in terms of, of tackling these underlying issues because I think the underlying issues in society own actually transport themselves into the world of work and that's that's what we have to deal with then. Mm-hmm. True, and it's an important point as well as such an education piece of such a societal piece there to work with yeah. that we can't expect the, the workplace to be a utopia when, when these things are happening everywhere else. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I suppose then when it comes to I think I'd initially said we'd talk about managing it first and then preventing it after, but let's let's go to the vice versa. We sure. talk a bit about preventing it. And um, I suppose a lot of HR managers and a lot of our listeners will be remembering times when they were in a uh, an interview. Um yeah. and the line manager they brought with them would say something and they'd they'd shudder thinking, Oh, you can't say yeah. that. Those yeah, kind yeah, of things, yeah. I'm sure. We've all been there we've been there on I've I've been there. Yeah. If yeah. we were to do a show of hands if that was possible on mm. a podcast, I know we can't, sure. but that'd be another yeah. survey point for us. But I suppose when it comes to that, Liam, how do we prevent it then? Obviously there's policies, procedures, training. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. to it, so let's let's spend a bit of time on it. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I suppose a bit, being direct on, there's certain people I wouldn't put on an interview panel and there's certain people I would. Um, I think I, I, I'd ask the question how many organizations, um, possibly in the voluntary sector in certain areas, actually have interview skills, coaching, and, and very often in, in, in certain arenas, um, in certain parts of the SME sectors, it's done on a casual sort of, would you like a job? We have a job for you. You're available. Um, uh, let's commence employment. So I think starting, it starts at the top, and I think it starts in terms of own the, the directors or the owners of the organization or the senior leadership team. What's their culture? Uh, how are they treating their newest recruits? Um, how are they interacting with people? If something goes wrong, What's the type of culture and language they use in, in, in addressing that? So I think that's very, very important. Um, so th- the culture informs how people are treated on the ground. And I think that if the, if the cultural piece is right and, you know, people are treated with dignity and respect, uh, even when things go wrong, that, that's a massive piece. So I would say the culture and the ethos of the organization from the top down and from the bottom up is very, very important that leaders um, walk the walk and talk the talk. So there's no point in um, uh, a director shouting and roaring abuse at somebody because something's gone wrong, but at the same time espousing you know, diversity and equality in the workforce because they're, they're not compatible in, in my view. So you must have um, the right communications with, with employees. Um, I think interview skills training is incredibly important. I think having the right policies and procedures. I think one of the things that, that I would say on is almost a, dare I say it, an almost self-policing type of scenario where, you know, at the water cooler, if somebody hears something, they say, actually, do you know what? That's not, a, that's not appropriate. I, I, don't, I don't like uh, you referring to, mm-hmm. you know, um, a certain cohort of, of people in society the way you're, and I ask you to stop doing that, please. Because I think every time somebody says something and it goes unchallenged, I think that helps um, 
the sort of there's almost a tacit acceptance of well it's okay to refer to people as xyz or i have a particular view on a particular community and that's how i refer to them at work whereas i think if if somebody actually says you know do you know what i'm not actually comfortable with you referring to people like that and i'd actually ask you to stop it um it's more likely the person will stop and so I think we all, as employees and people within organizations, have a responsibility to to sort of play a role in that. I don't think it can be just left on to the HR uh, manager or department or the senior leadership team, because very often it's not the HR manager or the HR department or the senior leadership team. It's someone within the organization who has said something which is of an inappropriate or unacceptable um, nature or has treated somebody inappropriately or unacceptable, unacceptably at work or in a discriminatory fashion. Um, I'm actually dealing with a client at the minute where we have lots of alleged examples of inappropriate discriminatory uh, language and uh, behavior and conduct at work, which the senior leadership team and HR department were entirely unaware of and are horrified by what they're hearing. Um, so HR and the senior leadership won't can't be in every part of the organization at every moment in time. So they are dependent on the good folk on the ground um, to, I suppose, either one, challenge it directly, or two, feed up, look, there's something going on in accounts that, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, you, need, you really need to do something about it. And I think definitely if, if people... If people tacitly allow things to continue and grow and develop, it will become a microculture within mm. an organization, and that's very dangerous, and that's where it can get bigger and bigger. 100%, and that's the, that's the behavioral element of it as yeah. well, isn't it? And it, we see that in every facet of life, and it's no different in the yeah. workplaces, as I suppose in relation to your earlier point. And I suppose there's yeah. an element there, Liam, as well, about looking at the kind of foundational pieces. I'm not sure is that a word for but what's written sure. down, in a sense. Like, I know yeah. we often speak about updating HR policies on this podcast and looking at them. I know Mary has said before, always look at them at the nine ground. I suppose yeah. discrimination proof them, if, if that's the phrase yeah. for it. And I know yeah. Liam, by the time this episode goes out, tomorrow actually will be International Women's Day. So listeners, sure. if you're listening today on Tuesday or whatever. Um, and there's also an element there of looking at your gender pay gap. I mean, we're seeing yeah. a lot of things on LinkedIn about companies putting out things about DNI and putting up the, the photos and the videos and that kind of stuff, that they might still have significant gender pay gaps. So there is an element yeah. of looking at, at those kind of foundational behind-the-scenes pieces as well, Liam, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, 100% on. And I mean, like, one simple thing I, I, I'd say to you, you know, lots of organizations do the induction and orientation piece and onboarding piece really, really well. But, you know, I wonder if, whether it's in the recruitment and selection process or the the onboarding piece, I wonder if anyone actually sits down with a new employee and says, do you know what, this is acceptable behavior and what we want within our organization, and this is unacceptable behavior and intolerable behavior, and if you behave like this, you won't be continuing within our organization. I wonder how many organizations have a very direct and honest conversation around you know, behavior, uh, accountability, responsibility, respect in the workplace, um, you know, lots of organizations have the glossy brochure on and the policies and procedures and they've the, you know, the plaques on the wall and, you know, diversity and inclusion, but, you know, still 
we see people being treated really sometimes in the, in the most appalling fashion um, by people within the organization. And you're right, there's the whole culture of, you know, how do we treat female employees? How do we treat them around, you know, maternity? How do we te- treat them around the return to work, um, part-time working, possibly remote working opportunities? So you're right, there's a, there's a bigger piece and paying conditions. Um, so there's a, there's a huge piece of work there. Um, it will be interesting, I think, Owen, over the next two or three years uh, as the gender pay legislation, uh, you know, what will actually change on the ground? So if we look forward to three years' time and, you know, a young female graduate, will they come in at the same level as a corresponding male graduate? And will they will their pay and benefits increase at the same level as they go through uh, their working career? Let me hold my scepticism on for a moment in, re- in relation to that. So we, we'll see. Um, I think things are better, um, but I think we still come across truly appalling um examples of discrimination, harassment, sexual harassment at work. Um, so I think we should acknowledge that things in certain regards have got better, um, but I think be very aware of that it's certainly an imperfect world for many women and for many people from different backgrounds at work in Ireland today. Absolutely, and it's absolutely something that's been echoed in a lot of our previous episodes on things like racism in the workplace with Elizabeth Adiemo, we spoke to yeah. Shane O'Brien about pride in the workplace. We spoke to Christabel Feeney yeah. about dis- disability inclusion in the workplace and so many more. And I think that was one of the things that really came out of it. There's good stuff being done. There's yeah. so much more to do. So look, it's, it's a journey, but but we get there. We get there, hopefully. Um, so I suppose the, the final question then, look, we have your policies. We have all these, I suppose, hopefully a lot of things in place that will prevent discrimination from happening in the workplace, but it does still happen, unfortunately. So when it does happen, Liam, and this is advice, mm-hmm. looking straight at HR teams, line managers, that kind of stuff, if it does happen in the workplace, Liam, how do we manage it? Yeah. Um, if, if it does happen, I mean, I think, I suppose, one thing that's very important, and it's a phrase that, that you'll be familiar, Owen, with, and probably listeners would be with, with Mary, I think it's important to establish the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so... If you establish the facts and through an investigation, a workplace investigation, and we conduct quite a lot of those in the the area of alleged bullying, harassment, sexual harassment at work, if you've established the facts that somebody has behaved in a manner and conducted themselves which is contrary to the, the dignity at work policy and has bullied someone or sexually harassed someone um, or harassed them or, you know, treated them in a manner under any of the nine grounds or indeed in other ways in an inappropriate or unacceptable fashion, then I think you're duty-bound to address that either through training and development and, you know, dignity at work training or through the disciplinary procedure. And certainly, um, I think if you've examples of inappropriate behaviour sexual harassment, harassment at work, which would be, in my view, towards the higher end of the scale in terms of disciplinary process. Ultimately, you can dismiss someone um, on, on, on that basis following an investigation and taking them through the disciplinary procedure. Um, if you have examples of where people are behaving themselves in a manner which could be better, could be more professional, I think then training and development is a key intervention. So 
certainly if you've serious, and I would deem all sexual harassment, harassment and, and bullying of work to be quite serious, I think you're looking at an investigatory process conducted properly and fairly. We do it at Insight HR, but conducted to a standard that is acceptable. Follow the investigation process, issue the report, and take people through the appropriate disciplinary procedure on the basis of the, the, the report, and that can mean dismissal. So I think if you don't take that, that route on, I think then employers and companies are at, the, at the, the risk of people saying, well, you know what, this isn't really taken that seriously. So, um, you know, your man made a number of inappropriate comments to the, the female staff member. Um, I knew there was a bit of an investigation, but he's still here. Um, you know, he's still working as normal. Um, and, you know, in some instances, while the change or while the behavior might have changed slightly, it's still there. Um, so I, I, I definitely would encourage organizations to take a really, really serious view of this and to, I suppose, try and rid themselves of that type of conduct and behavior. And by doing so, that, that sends a very clear and powerful signal to other employees that one, it's being taken very, very seriously, and two, it won't be tolerated. 100%. And I suppose it's yeah. also looking at prospective employees as well, that employer brand piece and your day on the WRC Very showing important. up in the, the Irish Times or, or, or any other, I suppose, yeah. avenue like that. Again, it's not. It's by no means the last thing you want. The last thing yeah. you want is, is people to be, your own people to feel like they're treated unfairly at work. But there are other things that will absolutely you do, you do not want to see as well. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, employees will talk. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if an employee is within a particular organization, what, what's the culture like? Someone might say, what's the culture like? What's the ethos like? I'd say, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But, you know, I wouldn't be rushing to join us. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's so important that, that employees in the market we're in with very, very low levels of unemployment and very, very low uh, levels of available skilled um, employees um I, I think it's so important that people feel um protected at, at work 100 at this stage we should be we should be doing better so look yeah. thank you for a, a very insightful discussion i know it's something we're both very passionate about so it's great to to be kind of one-on-one talking about this in such detail and hopefully we get we get some like, good um insights practical advice there um for all our listeners so thank you for your time Liam. Uh, thank you thank to you. everyone for listening we catch you next week for the next on some of our podcasts so don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels Another bit of good news, we'll also be hosting another free webinar this month, this time dedicated to the topic of workplace discrimination. So do please keep an eye on our social media for registration to that free event. Um, as always, that'll be fully free advice there for you um, going into real detail on this topic. So do please do please feel free to sign up for that. And as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, get in touch with us today at insighthr.ie. Thank you very much, Liam. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember... If you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR.
whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.